I think I found the right sort of group to put you in on. Brutus, quiet ones, guys. Who are we calling you? You can just call me the Harpy. However, you're not really supposed to be in touch with Section 7. Until, until I have information. Yeah. You do, however, occasionally get dead drops. Then you do not notice whoever approached the bar from the side and set off the explosives. What explosive? Welcome back to Meriden D. My name is Bryce. I'll be your DM. And I'm Kriti. Let's jump right into it, shall we? And you are stealing my lines. I believe that we left you in the bar, restaurant, with Gaius. Brutus had just excused himself for a moment and then went downstairs where he had just gone. You heard this... We were all downstairs. Something like that, yeah. He went into a separate room, briefly, and then you heard some noise from that room. Now, you can give me a perception right off the bat. 18 on the dice plus 9 is 27. Okay. I initially described it as an explosion, which is not entirely off. However, it's a little more complicated than that. It starts with sort of this loud metal ping, And then the sound of, like, thunder. And then you hear all sorts of just, like, sucking of air and, like, shaking and rattling. As if there's a tiny storm going on downstairs. I draw my weapon out and run downstairs. Okay. You rush off that direction quick as you can and find Brutus and the scene. So what it looks like is almost this tiny cyclone sort of thing. There's papers and junk and all sorts of stuff being sucked into this vortex. At the center of it is this dense little black spot that seems to be bringing it all in. There is some shrapnel on your perception. You can see like whatever mechanism must have held this was probably a thing that was tossed in here and then popped and let all this out. There's shrapnel of this metal is still kind of being carried by this vortex and Brutus in all his air-tossed whipping lion-maned glory is being sucked into this thing. I toss my rope to him. I assume I have a rope on me. I toss it to him and try to... Okay. Um, I've, I've, so I'm doing two things. I'm hoping to find a pole or something like that that I can use to brace it a little bit. I, I have no strength, personally, mm-hmm. that I can, I can pull him back. But I so I want to be able to pull the rope around something so that I can hold on to it a little bit better or at least even, you know, if I'm like really losing it, pulling it, turn around, like, you know, turn it once around so that at least the, the rope is holding because it's stuck to a pillar, or like it's around a pillar or something. Okay. How about this? Your option is to just kind of throw him the rope, in which case he'll just have to make one easy deck save. And then after that, it's strength. 
Now, he will have to make a strength. You and Gaius can be making strength as well, in which case you'd have advantage. But it is a strength to pull him out of this. If you want to go with this other option, I'll let you roll survival instead. However, there's sort of like a cost-benefit of this. You need to first pass a sort of scrounging roll, so you'll need another perception to find the right sort of like lever and where to place it. And if you succeed that, then you can roll survival. Same sort of check you need to eventually pull it out. Um, All right, I'm rolling the survival. 19 on the dice plus 9. Yeah, you don't find like a perfect pull, but you find like a bar stool. And that will be enough. You kind of wedge it into the door and tie the rope quickly around it. But let's see how well you tie this rope. Give me a survival. 16 on the dice plus 9. On a 25, you are able to tie this on tightly and toss the rope over to him. And then start kind of like rolling the bar stool clunkily kind of against the door and pulling in the rope. He just has to roll a successful strength save, so why don't you give me that? Why am I going to be- He still has to hold on to this. Ten on the dice. He's a fighter! There's a moment where he kind of like slips, and a couple times where he skids backwards along the rope, and you can see that this thing has definitely injured him badly. As he gets pulled out of this eventually- you get him closer, and like the range of this is about you know a fifteen foot radius, so it takes up this whole little like back room that he was in. But once uh, he's basically out the door and outside of that radius, it's pretty much safe. Like you haven't had any of the effects of this. Shit. And he Brutus, are you alright? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he kind of like my legs. I, I don't. And you can tell that he is pretty badly crippled. Gaius goes over and throws a quick heal on him. You can see him cast some spells as some sort of like bluish light comes from his hands into Brutus. And the legs don't get better. But he stabilizes and kind of like calms down for a second and goes oh, like briefly unconscious. Guys, like, he he's going to live, I think. He's, he'll be fine. But I, I don't have the magic to... And he just kind of like looks at his mangled legs. Like, I, I don't have that magic. Can we go to one of the churches? Maybe they'll have it. It's something. One of the churches of the Aspects. Aspects of the Mother. That There should be those around here that they can help. Do you have religion or arcana? I have nature and investigate. Uh, then just roll me a straight int. That uh, was a... Do a connection. I don't want that roll. I like my 16. What's the roll? It's a one. And I have, like, can can it be an investigate or a nature? It is not. It is neither of those things. It is none of those things. It's one. (laughs) I mean, potentially, you've heard of major heels coming out, but practically you can think of no one. Let's just take him to the aspect of the mother church there. Maybe they'll be a little bit... Uh, at least it's safer than here. Someone just attacked him. Why, why don't I, I... I'm going to go out and see see if I can find someone who did this or see what happened. Yeah. Guy is kind of like... Do you think the trail will go cold? I, I don't know who might have done this. We need to... He's kind of like... You can tell he's torn between looking for help and going after this. It's a crowded city, and you don't know how long you'll be able to track them. 
It depends how you want to track them, I guess. Guys, right now I'm going to ask you to trust me and say if anyone can track these guys, it's me. I let's get Bru- you get Brutus somewhere safe and maybe um scrum- see how much they want to heal him up to give- to fix him. But I'll go look for the guy. I'll go look for whoever did this. And he looks at this magical vortex thing that's fading away and kind of collapsing in on itself and eventually sort of like a clump falls out of where it had just kind of been spinning like five feet above the ground and there's this dense little ball of just like junk papers like chair just condensed pile of solid mass and like this little ball that fits in your hand weighs about 30 pounds 40 pounds or something and you look at the destruction of this room, and he looks he's like, are you sure you want to face this alone? I can, I can get him somewhere safe. The magics that I know that will deal with this, I don't know who would have them. I don't know who would even help us, as poor as we are. But if they exist, you can do them later. I don't want to leave him by himself. Does he have anywhere safe he can be? I think I can find somewhere safe. Maybe. I thought this was safe. Yeah, obviously. I I need to go. Uh, look, I'll you go take him somewhere safe. I will be on the lookout to see if I can trace someone, and we'll meet back up. You'll see me flying around. I'll be in the area. If not, I'll come. Have, I'll come back here in an hour or so and see if we can group up and go find out what happened. All right. He kind of like puts a paw on you. Good luck, and gives you owl's wisdom. You have advantage on all wisdom checks for the next hour. <gasps> That's pretty useful with a plus nine. All right, so I'm going to go out and... Okay, so can I see... Did they throw it past the door or did they, did they throw it into a window? Okay, so as he drags his buddy away to try and find somewhere further away, deeper in, you can first give me... That will be a perception. I'll give you a perception on this one. 17 on the dice plus nine is 26. You're relatively certain it came in through the window. Like the whole, like the window is essentially gone now. But like there's a couple windows here and two of them just kind of like cracked and shattered but didn't fall into this thing. One of them did. So you suspect that that one, and it's not like the closest one, it's one of the further ones. So you suspect it must have broken that window, come in, launched, and then continued like all the glass from it. It's probably pulled into the little black hole. So I'm going to try to do two things, which is I'm trying to still keep pace, but I'm going to sneak out of this place to see if anyone's watching um, around. Like, you know, who's keeping an eye out, who's watching to see what's happening. So I want to sneak out of the bar. All right. Give me one moment. I need some dice for myself at some point. That was a nat 20. I'm keeping it. Fuck you. Look, I just, I rolled it because you said you needed a second and I'm keeping that nat 20 because nobody <laughs> likes you and I'm the best. You said you wanted to roll a stealth to sneak out? Mm-hmm. Yes, I I suppose I'll let you keep the nat 20 on stealth. That's the 30 then. Wow. So you sneak out of this, you take like a slightly separate exit so that nobody hopefully will notice you if anybody is watching this, and you were pretty confident you will have avoided any sort of notice as you sneak out of this place. You now may now give me a perception. It was a 14 plus 9 for a 23. 
you're looking out pretty carefully, trying to see if anybody's keeping an eye on this. And you know that you were hidden, so you don't think you would alert anybody. However, you're not certain that you see anybody watching. You have a feeling this must have been a hit and run. Like you look very carefully, you take a full you know, moment or two to, to fully perceive. And you are quite convinced of the fact that this must have been a hit and run. Um, I'm going to look for tracks then, assuming someone was running really, really fast. Chuck the ang- the direction that they need to go to chuck this thing in. And, you know, like I'm doing geometry and trajectories in my head and sort of looking at someone running fast who'd be able to do this and like, you know, looking for their tracks. Okay. So that would be a survival. Yes, there's a specific reason. Ah. That is a 13 on the dice for a 22. On a 22, you do see a couple, like, marks. There's a bit of a sort of grassy patch around the bar in this area. And you can see some footsteps leading in, like, pretty much up to the window you were suspecting. You even find, like, a few little pieces of metal. In fact, one is kind of like a long, a circle with a long pointy bit coming out of it. And like then, a grenade Like pin a grenade pin, yeah. Pin. And then you can see some footsteps leading out, and the dew of the grass kind of left some wet marks, so you can kind of follow these wet footsteps a little ways out. I follow them. Okay. You follow it relatively far out. You start to kind of lose it once it hits the main path, and there's a lot of footprints going around, a lot of muddy bits and wet marks and things like that. And it leads yeah, it leads to a main thoroughfare. Anyone um, around the area, like a vendor or someone who'd be sitting there for a little while? It's a little late at night. There's a couple of food carts, although you can give me a perception. 19 on the dice for 28. Okay. The food carts are probably bad ones to go since they're mobile and you can see that they're moving like even as you're watching. So they're probably the wrong people to ask given that they might have just moved in. You see a tattered busker on the corner with a hat out and some coins in it. I don't wait for him to finish his performance. I go there and I flash a gold coin at him. He nods and brings the volume down a little bit. I walk to him and I say, I'm looking for someone who'd, be, who'd have been come, uh, come running down that path over there. A very good description of who they were and where they went is going to earn you twice this amount. Give me a persuade. I'll let you take advantage. 18 on the dice for a 17. <laughs> I'll give them a perception. So the busker kind of in a sing-song way. Oh, I think I saw a few people go by. Is he being, like, truthfully... Can Um, I roll an insight on him, please? And you kind of stare at him, and you've already put one gold in his hat, and you promise more. So he kind of waits for a second, and then as you stare at him, so he kind of starts listing off people. He's like, oh, there was a... There was an elf woman, like... In a bonnet of silk so fine, and a human man who rode with food in hand to dine, 
and a halfling boy, maybe not even three, but who could say that could be his feet or his age. And he just got, he starts just listing off like a handful of these things. And his, you can roll me an insight on that. You asked for an insight. 16 plus 6. He's trying to be helpful, but he's listing off about anybody who came down that road, probably. All right. I... As well as maybe some others for good measure. I throw him another gold and I just start walking away and I'm just like, is there any thieves can't signs around? Marking area, marking directions, marking safe spots, anything like that. Sure, give me a perception. With advantage, it gives me 17 plus 9 is 26. Okay. You find some good spots of it. Now give me a thieves can't plus int. So int and proficiency to interpret. That's a 13. Okay. You're reading through it. Most of it is, you know, the usual stuff. Which ones are the good bars? Directions towards finding, you know, sort of underground services. There's a few signs here and there saying that, you know, gossip in this house. You know, your generic sort of like thieves warnings that kind of give you little notices about the neighborhood. Uh, There are some signs claiming control over the area. The one thing that stands out is that most of them, and you can kind of separate which ones are old or from which ones are current, the thing that kind of stands out a little bit anyway is that you seem to be a little bit on a border between two sort of areas. There is the one that you're in and the bar is probably in belongs to a small street gang. However, on the sort of border... The other side is infamous gang boss that you know as Madramosa. Can I roll for Vanua? That's an 18 on the dice. I'm like, I go back to the, <laughs> the busker and I'm like, the, the short kid that you were talking about, which way did the kid go? On an 18, you do know that Madramosa has a tendency to use orphans and other children on the streets to... Not necessarily do her dirty work, but they are networks of informants and spies and things. So that is a reasonable hunch. Uh, so I go back to the busker and I'm like, um, I'm I'm more physically, I, I think my character is more going to be a little bit more physically aggressive as she stops his song. And I'm like, which way did the little halfling boy go? He points out deeper into Mad Hermosa's territory down the lane that would eventually lead to Mama Wada's Club. Mama Wada's Club is a bar. It's specifically not really an eatery or a place where you would sleep or stay. It is just a bar. But it's also sort of like the heart of her territory. And it's a a hopping, active place. I look at him and I go, Any di- uh, do you remember what shirt he was wearing? The color of his hair, anything. He sings out a basic description. Green cloak, black clothes that looked like uh, sort of curly-haired, dark brown. Alright. I'm gonna go towards Mama Wata's stay the hell... I'm being sneaky, I'm staying the hell away like out of suspicion. I'm checking out the peripheral, I'm seeing if the person that we're looking for is maybe there. Yeah, I'm just checking out the area because right now that's the hottest, I guess, 
insight? Hottest lead. lead that I have. Sure. What do you want to know about Mama and Wada's club? And do you want to be sneaky in doing so? Yes, I want to not be looked at, not be found, not be seen. As as a city guard previously, what do I know about, like, what's the training around Mama Wata's club and Hermosa's area in general? Just based on your memory of the place and of Mad Hermosa, she is a notoriously unpredictable sort of gang boss. Most of them kind of follow a, a pretty steady career arc. You know, you start low-level street gangs, you move up, gain a bit more area, slowly expand until you kind of cover a voting area, then you become a politician. <laughs> Mama Wada kind of... Not Mama Wada. Uh, Mad Hermosa. Mad Hermosa kind of stopped there. She controls the votes of some of the people in the round chamber, but she's unpredictable. You know, which side she will vote with, you know, what she will support. Hard to say with her. She'll switch on a whim. You already know about how she uses orphans. Otherwise, she kind of rules her area through fear and unpredictability. She's been an institution in town for a long time. Yeah, she's been around since I was a kid. Like, you know, mom didn't let us play with certain kids, like, you know, from the streets, just because she's, they said they were... Who are you talking to? You! <laughs> <laughs> who is who is Enrica talking to? Enrica's giving exposition. <laughs> okay, she exposits to a to the busker, huh? No, she doesn't. She's just <laughs> expositioning. We, we get look into head. Yes. Okay. At, at like a time where, like you know, Enrica's mother is sitting there and going, "Don't play with those kids. They're not." They're Mad Hermosa's kids. They're not. You, you don't play with ki- her kids. She doesn't like that. And it was confusing because there were so many of them. Yes. Yeah. And um, so I'm looking for apparently a young halfling boy with dark hair and a green cloak, potentially around. So I'm hoping to be able to uh, spot this person, see who they're talking to, and whether they're actually kids or not. Yes. We, we, th- Okay, whatever, we'll ignore it. We're in America now, Bryce. (laughs) And we happen to live almost next door to a fire station. Okay, the other thing that you kind of recall about Mad Hermosa, you you mentioned about, you know, what is her relationship with the the town guard. And that's, you know, there's there's an understanding. Like, most of what she does is pretty well concealed. There's not a whole lot you can really fault her for that isn't being done elsewhere around the city, sometimes by the town guard itself. But Mama Wada's club is, you could go in, you know, you occasionally would go in and try and talk to people to get some information. You had to have contacts kind of in the underworld. And, you know, for the right prices, her people might consider giving along some information. But, like, if you ever wanted to chase down somebody in Mad Hermosa's gang or get into some sort of altercation with the people there at Mama Wada's club, that would be unadvisable. Yeah. yeah, no. So no altercation, just trying to see if the person that I'm looking for is there, who they're talking to, and um, like, you know, what they're looking at. So just in case. Um, I think personally that 
Hermosa is now going to get into in, she she likes keeping her area like you know she likes her boats and she likes Valua like to the extent of she can burn it down or yes I don't think she's participating in geopolitical intrigue and especially taking out small nobody gangs but yeah I'm just gonna do you want me to roll for stealth yeah, roll me a stealth. You can believe whatever you want to believe, but until you have any sort of information about that, it's all only suppositions. But you can roll me a stealth to kind of suss out the area. 18. Okay. That's beable by some guards. Not by that one. Not by that one. <laughs> you sneak around a little bit and try and suss out what's happening around this club. It looks... Uh, now you can give me perception. You're pretty sure you haven't been noticed. Nat 20 on the perception for 29. Okay. As you're looking, people going in and out, there's drunken revelry. Red light comes out from like the torches and the red drift globes that are often around in there. Lots of music and bustling. It's it's a pretty regular Wednesday night at Mamawadas. However, as you're kind of checking this out, the door swings open and you do see the tail end of a green cloak attached to a smallish person and this sort of like mop of curly dark hair that had been described going inside. Um, How close is it to the end of my hour with the, the spell? You're probably about halfway through. I'm just going to go into Mama Waters and get a drink and sort of keep an eye on our guy, but also <sighs> they might know who I am though. They might know who I am. I mean, it's it's a shady club. I'm just going to have my cloak up the whole time. Okay. Can I roll an insight on myself? Sure. Can not? I roll in, not on myself, but an insight to see if a harpy walking into Mama Wata's would be weird? And especially cloaked. Sure, you can roll an insight. Um, 11 on the dice for a 17. There's probably two ways to walk into Mama Wata's. You either become part of the party... And try and fit in. And, you know, there's music going on. Harpies aren't super common, but there's music. They're singing. There's dancing. That's a place that harpies would be. So there's... You either perform and act your way in and try to look as inconspicuous by blending. Or you go in, cloak up, and that's a sign to pretty much anybody who will have information that you are looking for something. Regardless, it is a hard place to get out of alone if something goes wrong. Um, I'm going to, because my charisma is so good, probably go in dancing. Okay. You try to feign... Like, I'm. Tr- uh, maybe there's a bunch of kids going in and I'm like, I wait for a time where there's a big group going in so that I can look like I'm part of that group. Okay, and you feign party girl. Give me a perform. Oh, no, I'm scared. Not too bad. 15 on the dice for a 17. Okay. It's pretty passable. You sneak in on some coattails of a larger group. You I tailgate. Yeah. And once you're inside, you blend in pretty quickly. You're kind of dancing around as you're attempting to also try and suss out some information. So... You, If you pause too long, if you work too hard at something, you'll start to look a little conspicuous. But as long as you kind of keep up the act, you probably won't be noticed. So what are you looking for as you're sort of like circling around the dance floor? 
Well, first of all, I want to have a really good look at this guy. A, is he a kid? B, what's he carrying on him? C, does the green cloak mean he's part of some club? As in gang? <laughs> um, not a knitting club. I don't care if he's a knitter. Shut up. Okay. The other thing is, who is he talking to? Is he throwing down any signs in terms of, like, you know, thieves can't signs? Okay. Give me a perception. Try and follow where he's gone. 19 plus 9. You keep an eye on him. So, like, as soon as you saw him go in, or, like, the he was already in when you saw him. Like, he was just passing by the door already on the inside when you put an eye on him. So you go in almost immediately after and try and follow him. And you see this, again, just like the head of hair going down some stairs into the basement level. Now, that's still, you know, a drinking and partying area. It's just sort of a uh, a darker, chiller vibe down there. So, shit, I've just, I've just made moose heads. You've just made moose heads. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was thinking in my head, I was like, just moose heads. It's like the only club I've ever been to in my life. <laughs> and it's a brilliant bad it's a bad one. Yeah. Uh that's what we're going with. It's a it's a darker not like as in It's a dingier it's, din- it's a dingier, lower light level, softer music sort of vibe. A few more places to you know, corners to sit, tables to kinda with high backs so that you're kinda kept away from people. It's that it's more of a private vibe down there, even though there's still music and some dan- light dancing going on down there. What I'm going to do right now is grab, like, so I think this is a college town. So I'm assuming some of, like, you know, the really poor section of college kids are here partying, right? (laughs) It is renowned for cheap drinks. Yeah. So I'm going to look for the guy who definitely does Drake Root. (laughs) I'm going to look for him and I'm going to say, hey, let's go down and see if Drake was. And I'm, like, going to pretend to be his girlfriend and whatnot. So, like, you know, have him be the major cover who's doing very badly at buying drugs at Mad Hermosa's and me being the clueless girlfriend sort of thing. Okay. You can give me another perform. You can keep... If this is higher, then you can keep it. If it's lower, then you can keep your old one. Not Okay. Plus two. <laughs> then you convince this poor guy who's kind of like, oh yeah, okay, to head down and... He starts kind of loudly asking, or not loudly, but... He goes to the bar, taps in, and does the whole sneaky, oh, hey, dude. Like, you know, sort of the... He's not, he's trying to be quiet about it, but... like you know, He's this is doing a, it bad. Yeah. Enough to bring a, a fair amount of attention and distract away from you. As you can kind of dance a little around the floor and avoid too much notice. Mm-hmm. So you were still looking for the this mark you've got? Yes. Then in the dim light, you don't have dark vision, so you would be at disadvantage. However, it balances out with your advantage. Just a straight roll down here. 13 on the dice for 22. Okay. We'll give him a chance at stealth. He was trying to be sneaky. It takes you a moment. Like, you don't think there's too many places he could have gone. There's not really any exits down here as far as you know. And after a little while, once your cover is a little bit, you know, exhausted, you do see him sitting at one of these tables in the corner with a few other people. Um, who are these people? 
in the dark, it's a little hard to tell. They are taller. They are at least adult human size ish. Like, is it is, so? Is he actually a kid, or is he just an elf? Uh, is he just a halfling? As you get a bit of a better look at him, you think it's a kid. A kid who could throw a big box like that through a window. Given that the thing was destroyed, you're not sure how big it was originally. Okay, you suspect it wasn't too large. Uh, it had to have fit through the window. Yeah, but he's a kid. Like, how much of a flinging? Can I roll an insight to see if he'd be able to fling a... I wouldn't be able to do it. I'm not a kid. As long as this thing is, like, about brick-sized, you're pretty sure that a kid could throw a thing through a window. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, why don't you give me a... Why don't you give me a quick insight, though? 13 on the dice for 22. The table next to it has um, has a couple making out in the corner. You might be able to sit and listen in on this. You've missed probably a good chunk of the conversation, but you might be able to catch some of it still. Yeah, I'm going to roll to... Can I do it stealthily? I'm trying to do it, be stealth... I'm going to get three beers from the bar as my friend makes a fool of himself and he's probably getting escorted back up or something like that. I think that's something what like you that, meant. Yeah. Exhausted my thing. So I'm just going to get three beers and I'm just going to like, you know, go and sit with my friends as a third wheel. All right. I'll let you hold on to that 20 for just a little bit longer as you act like you belong at this table and bring some beers over. And you can give me a perception. Now, this is hearing base, so you aren't in low light disadvantage. Ugh, 20. Not that. Okay, you catch the end of this, and it's, even though it's a little quieter and chiller in here, these are very high back chairs. They're meant to kind of insulate you from each other, and there is music and stuff going on, and people talking, and the slurping sounds of making out next to you. Ugh. But you do catch some chunks of conversation. You are pretty certain that as they're talking, yeah, so he is confirming like he seems to have already given most of his story and they're asking a couple questions whoever these other two people are and he's just you know clarifying some of his things you don't really hear the two questions since they're a bit further away from you they're a bit muffled but you can kind of hear his answers and in a some somewhere just pre-puberty sort of uh kid's voice says like no i didn't really see but i saw it happen he listens a little bit more like like oh you should have heard the thing there was some sort of mess in there I don't think much would have gotten out Uh, a little bit more it's like no I didn't go and look closer and finally like nobody I noticed no don't think anybody came out and you hear some money exchanged as a small purse of coins is kind of tossed across the table and says of course I'll disappear. What are those two doing? Uh, you don't really... From your perspective, you just kind of had your back against this shared divider, table, wall, chair thing. So you don't really have eyes on them. But you don't hear them getting up and leaving just yet. Even though the kid starts to do so. As he hops down and he passes by you and you quickly just kind of put your beak in the beer... I do not have a beak. I'm a humanoid. <laughs> I am not an Arakakra. As you put your 
head in the beer and just look like you're drinking there and trying to ignore your sloppy makeout friends. Uh, and he doesn't really pay you any attention as he goes back upstairs and starts leaving. I think my character would be suspicious of what these two are doing next, so I'm going to try listening in better? Could I don't know yet. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. You try and hang out here for a little bit, but they are pretty quiet. A few whispered remarks here and there that you don't quite catch. Can I re-roll? I can't re-roll the perception? No. You Unless I shift a seat or something. I yeah, you haven't changed the situation yet, so you haven't gained any better vantage point. How drunk are the two making out? I mean, you don't have to be too drunk to make out in this sort of place. That seems to be a little bit what it's for. But they, there are a few empty glasses by them. Can I sleight of hand make it sound like one of them dropped a glass off the side of the table through their vigorous makeout? Uh, so what's the full plan? What are you trying to accomplish? Well, obviously someone's going to come up to clean the thing and everyone's going to shift a little bit. And I'm going to say, oh, do you need another drink? Dlaminda. Uh-huh. And I'm going to get noticed as not part of their party, aren't I? That's probably going to require deception. But if you pull it off, you might be able to get Do I get still have my nat 20 for perform? No. You need to make... So you, if you want to try a deception of that sort of thing, then you might be able to excuse yourself and get up and maybe, you know clean beer off the floor and get a different look at these people. But that's definitely deception. How about if I knock a glass off the thing with my sleight of hand and then go try to clean it up myself to potentially have a look? The deception is not... You can Anybody can knock the beer off the table. And like they don't have eyes on you because of this chair back blocking between the two of you anyway. The trick is making it seem like you're just cleaning up beer off the floor and not like staring at them, listening in on them. That's that's a deception. I, I don't have much time because I really want to go up and like you know talk to the kid maybe as well. Assuming I had all my thieves tools things from James as his thieves tools things has these little round things that are meant to trip people up? Ball bearings. Do I have ball bearings? Sure. I take a ball bearing out of my Victoria's Secret pocket and this is going to be a deception roll anyway, so I don't know what I was thinking of doing before. But I'm going to roll it, and then I'm going to be like, oh no, my ring, or whatever, and try to go pick it up in an angle where I can look at these two. Yeah, that's still a deception. Yeah, so do you want me to roll the ball bearing perform first? or No, I had never asked you for perform, I just wanted deception. <laughs> 17 on the dice for a 16. We'll give them an insight. They stare weirdly at you, and while they don't think too much of it, they also stop their conversation until you've picked up your ball bearing, and you're like, oh, I'm so clumsy, and you have to kind of give it up, because they're, they're looking at you in every moment that you're keeping that up is weirder. Yeah, but do I get a good look at them, though? Who's standing? Who's there? Are they elves? Are they humans? Are they mad hermosas? Are they... Someone I've seen on a wanted poster. Is it a Yaukok? Sure. Give me a perception. Just even. Advantage. Di- uh, Cancelling out the disadvantage. What disadvantage? I, th- I moved light. in closer to them, though. It's still low light. 
Um, so that's a 13 plus 9 for 22. You get a pretty good look at their faces, you think? It's a man and a woman, both human. She's got sort of like short cropped, pixie cut sort of hair. She looks about five foot five, a little shortish, has some daggers on her. There's one that kind of stands out with sort of like a little lion pommel. Like while the face might get lost, you know, in the sea of people or in the light, that one kind of stands out to you. So you might recognize that dagger in the future. The guy is bigger. He doesn't really look like much of a fighter or a thief. He's got a bit too much weight on him for that. Kind of dressed in almost monk-ish sort of robes and otherwise bald. But he's got a tattoo just kind of peeking out right around his like wrist, you know, lower arm area. Of a... Pig. Yeah, that's all the information I need. I'm like, oh, I'm so drunk. I need to go find my boyfriend. And I go straight back up out the stairs. And out the door. And um, like as soon as I'm up, I'm looking for the boy. Sure. Then give me that perception. 23. You're looking around and you're pretty sure he got Bums. straight out of the bar. Yeah. I go out. Same. I'm, uh, I go out and when I slip into an alley and try to fly up to see if I can find the kid again. Okay. One more. And then you're just about out of this advantage. 15 plus 9 for 24. You do spot him in an alleyway as he starts heading for a encampment. You know, it's a bunch of small sort of like ramshackle buildings kind of built in the uh, leeway of this larger warehouse. So I need to get him before he gets to the encampment. And mostly without being seen. Can I do use a misty step and a movement some way to catch up to him? Sure. Give me an acrobatics. 16 on the dice. I mean, sorry, 16 total. Okay. You swoop down, going as quickly as you can to try and cut him off. I'm going to give him a perception. This just has, what's like a passive stealth for you? 20. Okay. So we'll give him a perception against that kid is probably not wise enough so he doesn't see you coming as you land in front of him just like meters ahead of this area does he see me land like it's i think kind he of landed obvious. in front of him yeah as he kind of like startles uh, like wide-eyed sort of terror i tell him look kid Mad Hermosa's done me ro no wrong in her life, and I have no issues with you. I hold out five gold in my hand, and I'm just like, I just, before you disappear, I need to ask you about your friends. Please do not make this harder than it needs to be. He kind of is, like, backing off. I, I can't. Sorry. She pays me more. She she'll find out. I, I She has a monopoly. Who is she? she That's all I need to know. Let me go. I'll go talk to her myself. Who is she? He, like her, Hermosa. She, she's got a monopoly on the means of information. Oh yeah. So I, I can't tell you anything. She'll, she'll find out. I can't. Like he works for her, but he's more terrified of Hermosa than he is of, of you. Can I? I'm. Can I try to knock this kid out? 
Uh, give me an insight first. 16. Reading into his sort of like fear and what he said, he is definitely only an informant. One, like Hermosa doesn't generally use kids for her dirty work, just the information. And two, he was saying he can't tell you the things he told Hermosa. He had information. He was giving it to Hermosa. That's what you're reading from that sort of like fearful, he can't tell you what he's told them. He can only tell her. Like that's, that's the, that's his contract. If he tells anybody else, his contract with Hermosa is done. From that insight, it doesn't feel like he's the one who threw the bomb in. No, it doesn't sound like it. All right. So I'm just like, yep, it's been one hour because I can feel the magic of me go out. I'm putting my cloak up, stealthing the way, my way straight back to the back out of Hermosa's lair. Was that not Hermosa then? One of the people I was... No, it's probably not Hermosa. She's not sitting in friggin' Mama Wata's club <laughs> having beer. No, she is quite reclusive. All right. But information-wise, I know where I can get information. Um, but no, I just... Um, do you want me to roll stealth? You can get out of there. At this point, there's not too many people. And like, you've been noticed at this point. And if the kid has any sense about him, he'd probably go back and say that he is might have been followed now. Okay. Like, you, you know how that works. Like, you've revealed yourself in this. Yeah. So I, yeah, I just... Could I have had my cloak up so he can't identify me other than that I came in swooping? I mean... I should have called it earlier. Yeah, he probably could have called it earlier. I mean, I'm I'm going to assume that he's probably a bit too... Why don't you give me an intimidate? Because that's a shell shock sort of thing. Four! Well, I'll give him an, in a wisdom save against this. As a commoner kid, with at least a little bit of wisdom, he has to roll a two. He rolled a four. Oof. You stunned him a little bit. He definitely will be able to say harpy and not just bird person. Based on your voice, he'll know you. He'll be able to describe you as harpy woman, definitely. But like, you you hope that you didn't give too much away. All right, I go. I head back to where I told Gus I'd meet him. Gus, guys, guys. Sorry, I I head back to where I told Gaius I'd meet him, and um, I go out the bar and I'm like sneaky looking around. All right. Why are you sneakily looking around the bar? Because I don't want to be spotted by those people who'd be bad to for me to spot. Whereas I, if I spot guys and go up to him, I want to. I, I'm trying not to be seen. Okay, then stealth in. Yes. Okay. So fifteen. Okay, you stealth in as best you can and enter back in the bar not in i'm um, i told guys i'd meet him at the bar outside the bar or around the bar okay yeah so you maybe like an alleyway a few doors down or something i told him to keep a look out for me so he's looking out for me as much as i'm looking out for him i'm just hoping to find him before he finds me yeah so yeah you told him kind of in a in a vicinity where you know wander around look like you're busy and eventually you two will spot each other and you, you find him kind of in the area you agreed to. Mm. You you were gone a whole hour. I think he'll be okay. I mean, he's not okay, but he'll live. You def you definitely saved him. I I don't know what's going on. Um someone did see it. There was a boy who saw it, but he's one of Mad Hermosa's boys and 
We can go in and ask to make a deal for the information, but I don't know how you feel about that. Give me an insight. No dis- no advantage. No, you've worn out in that. 17 on the dice for a 23. He kind of like licks his lips nervously at the name Mad Hermosa and says like, just some kid? You think he did it? I. It's not how Mad Hermosa works. But that doesn't I'm pretty, sound like her now. I'm pretty sure he. I'm pretty sure he saw everything though. So basically, he went in. He said everything he knew to two people in Mamawatas. Two humans. One was looked like a barbarian. I don't know. He was big and big, and he had a tattoo of a pig on his arm. And I point to where he had the tattoo, and I tell him the girl with the pixie haircut. She had a dagger. Maybe a tiger dagger, a lion dagger, some some sort of cat on her the hilt of her dagger. He kind of nods and in a sort of like shaking his head sort of way. But your insight still suggests that like he's nervous, more nervous as you describe these people. But he's not really he's not saying that he recognizes this, although it seems like he does from the description. I don't know. Yes, you do. And I'm not trying to put you on the spot here. I'm just trying to figure out who would do this and why. And th- that wasn't a that wasn't a follow people around and figure out what's wrong with them. That was a magical item of great power that cut our friend in half. That's just so out of character for that. That's they don't do that. As far as I know, Mama Wada's club. Why would they? Why would they do anything like that? And if if this kid was just watching them. Then they might know, but why would they know to be looking? How are they not involved then? I don't know what to tell you guys. You seem to know Mad Hermosa pretty well, at least. Or at least. I've been in the town long enough. Can, is that all, or do I think there's more to it? You can give me another insight, if you like. You can still Eight. go with your previous hunch. He, It looked like he recognized some of those descriptions. When you just made that description, when you mentioned um, Mad Hermosa, he kind of had that glimmer of nervous understanding. Who are those two people? That's the most important thing to find out because these kids, you know, it could have been any kid off the street. He's doing what he's told to. I'm not going to blame him for that. We're all trying to get by. I don't think he bombed us. Like, I think you're right in that Hermosa is not going to use kids to do that uh, things like that she's not she doesn't use kids to do her dirty work they're just her eyes so either she was just lucky and the kid saw something and came back and reported it just because he was there or he was set there because they knew something was going to happen doesn't seem like mama wanted us to care about not Valua. i mean yes this is Valua, and we're trying to but the catlands doesn't seem like something she'd invest in things aren't adding up and we still have no lead on... Who did this? No, I I followed a set of footsteps as far as they could go. Um, he kind of like, what, what... Did they look kid-sized? What did they look like? What, what's your best guess? Can I roll for Yeah, you can roll me a survival on that. 19 on the dice for 28. They look kid-sized-ish, yeah. But the issue is that... You're pretty certain the kid was never near the window. So it has to be a second set of footprints. Yeah. And, I mean, you, and you already guessed that because you don't think he did it anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, that's 
I look at it and say, these are the footprints. They're small. They look halfling. They don't, they may, could be a kid, but it wasn't this kid, the kid who, they just took the same path. Maybe he followed the kid out. Maybe he saw that the kid saw and ran after the kid or something. All I know is that kid probably saw who did this and told Mad Hermosa. And if we want more information, we might have to get it through her or those friends you're not telling me about. Uh, can I roll for an intimidate? Okay. Or a, or a persuade. How about a persuade? If you want to, yeah. It's not going to go well for me. 15 on the dice for a 14. That's as good as I'm getting. He kind of like, we probably do need to find a way to tell Raymond. But that's usually through Brutus. I'll, I'll go see. Where is Brutus right now? We put him in the wine cellar. There's no way in or out. Even if the whole building comes down on top of him, it's safe down in there. It's it's also a it's a safe place. Of the bar we were just attacked in. I I couldn't move him very much further, and I don't know of many other safer places. All right, let's go see what Raymond suggests. Well, I I don't know Raymond. He only talks Brutus. Well, you're second in command now. Well. Do you want to check with Brutus, or maybe we can look through his stuff in his room and figure this out? All right, let's do that. Let's go through his room. Okay. Then you go up to his room and start peeking through some things. So, Gaius will investigate as well. He's not very good at this, but he will look around the room. So, what are you looking for? I guess anything with a contact detail or a how-to contact or or the name Raymond. I'm also looking at um, any notes he'd have on Hermosa or, you know, anything that's useful to the case because I'm trying to remember that, you know, I'm, I have to be one step removed when I'm looking at this and go through everything. So I'm, right. I'm, I'm just going to try to remember as much information as I can. Then give me that investigate. Ten on the dice for a fourteen. You start peeking through all this stuff. You can tell that there's actually a pretty fair collection of notes. You don't think much of it is in Brutus's hand. You're probably right about that. But he keeps a lot of stuff around. Some of them are debt collection stuff. He is a little heavily in debt, probably from all the gambling. You find a couple correspondences from Raymond that stand out. There's nothing really useful about them, except that they're signed that. And in peeking through them, you feel like he is aware of the debt. He mentions it occasionally. You think that the halflings are maybe helping him out with it and kind of holding that over him. Otherwise... How much is the debt? Can I, through a, a thumbing, know how much he owes? In your brief look at 14... You're not sure how many of these little slips you find, but each one is, you know, 30 here, 50 there. And given that you find like a handful of these and you see a few more just around, like it could be like thousand odd. It's non-insignificant, especially because like for a commoner, and he essentially is, you know, on commoner salary and whatnot, that literally is like, more than he'll ever see saved in his life. Uh, in my head, I slowly think I should have kept those bars of gold. 
other than that, so you find these things out about him. You do find these correspondences with, from Raymond. You're not finding too much contact information, though. However, Gaius does, you know, after 10, 15 minutes of just kind of tearing apart, this, not tearing apart the room, but looking over it pretty thoroughly, he finally says, I think I found something. And he brings you over a letter that does suggest a place to meet at. You can give me a quick insight. 15 on the dice for 21. It looks like a letter from an old dead drop. You've you've been doing this with Lawrence, and it's not in Lawrence's hand, but it looks it's a similar modus operandi in that it looks like it had been left there. It has basic information, you know, some questions, and a at this time report to this place, and it's an address up in Sea Castle. You don't offhand know where it is. But it's in the sort of sea castle area that you remember the halfling hideout to be when you ambushed them prior to your initiation into Section 7. It's not the same place, but it's that neighborhood. Am I um, worried I'll get recognized? It's not. It's it's an old one. So while they probably might not meet you there anymore, he's not just hanging out there 24-7 ever since he wrote this note. It was probably a one-time meeting spot. But your insight tells you that you kind of know the area. Okay. I say, do you want to do this tonight? Might be our best lead. I don't know. All right. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Oh, let me check on Brutus real quick. I want to make sure he's okay. Do you want me to come down with you? I wouldn't make you. Is he doing all right? He was still... A little comatose last I checked, so I want, that's why I want to know. All right, let's go down there. He leads you down, and then there's this heavy floorboard. And it's not, like, disguised or anything. It is supposed to lead down to a root cellar, but it's kind of, like, in the kitchen area so that you, you know, everybody has to get out of the way, and then you open up this thing that's a staircase going down. But it's heavy, and it looks like it... He was probably right. It is probably reinforced... And, like, this building could collapse on top of it, and the root cellar would be in perfect condition. Um, as you close it behind you, you can see that there's a pretty secure system of locks on it. Mm-hmm. And it's also a root cellar. You could probably hide down in here for months, totally off-grid without ever having to come up, you know, with the food and things down in here. It's, it's almost a fallout shelter. And you see in the back corner, Brutus seems to be awake. His legs are kind of this mangled mess, and he's sitting up in the back, and you kind of peek over, and you see him, like, with one of the wine bottles open. He's like, hey, how you doing? (laughs) And like, you need some? I'd bring it to you, but he gestures at his legs. I'm glad you're in high spirits, Brutus. I was worried. Ah, I'll get over it. He's like, actually, I've, I've been thinking about it. But what? And he, uh, like, this guy. And he kind of gestures Gaius over to him, like, do that, do that thing in yourself, man. Do that thing. You know the thing? He's like, um, and he, Gaius, he casts bull strength on himself to double his carrying capacity. And, like, 
just kind of like giving you this stare of like, oh my god. <laughs> As he kind of like bends down and Brutus just kind of like bear hugs him around the shoulders and like gets picked up. And he's like, all right, good to go with you now. Maybe you should rest, love. And he kind of like wiggles his hips so his legs like dangle helplessly. And he's like, these things aren't going to get better from sleeping. We're not, in case we get ambushed by anything like that again, we're not going to be able to protect you, and he can only do this for another hour. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, I'm not staying down here. So you either wait for me, and I, you know, I'll, I'll admit I'm, I'm a little slow right now, or you do this. I'm not here telling you what to do, since I do report to you. But maybe Raymond can figure this out, and you should stay safe till then. Give me some sort of persuade. In fact, give me a persuade. Not 20, minus 1, for a 19. <laughs> <laughs> you can see that it kind of, like, melts. And these. Yeah, I'd just... I'd be holding you back, huh? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I want to figure out how we can help as soon as possible. And we're going... We're going to see what we can do. We're going to help you back on your feet one way or another. <laughs> You're just going to have to give me some time, but I'm hoping it was one of the mad Hermosa's kids saw the whole thing and he stole Hermosa. I think if we go in there, they already know me. They already know that I've been asking questions and snooping around and threatening the kids. If we go in there and ask questions, maybe we'll get more information about who did this. Right now, Gaius thinks the best is to contact Raymond. So we were hoping to go do that. Guys, we know those guys, don't we? And guys kind of like gives him a sidelong look. And I was like, yeah, no, uh, go ask for uh, Inez and Garcon. That's who we talked to. Yeah. Bald guy, fat, had a big arm tattoo. Something like that. Yeah. And the uh, pixie haircut. Yeah. Yeah. Is that who you saw? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're friends. Okay. Okay. Go, that's good. Yeah. Go ask them. Guys, why we, don't we you fence want- some shit through them? Guys, why do you think this... Why didn't you tell me this earlier? Brutus looks at him, too. He's like, yeah, she's part of the team. She's part of the crew. Guys, like... I mean, they... That's why it seems strange. That they they kind of know about us. We, we move some magical items through them. I just say, look, I still think telling Raymond about what happened in, and then going to see Pat and Piggy is the best bet. All right. It'll take me a bit to set... I can't just, you know, walk in. I never know where they are. But I can set it up. We could probably set it up for tomorrow morning. If I give him an emergency notice. Brutus, do you think Raymond will want to know as much information as he can? And it'll be worth talking to Ines and Garcon? I don't know how they're involved. That's strange to me. They have I think the we information. Should, we should ask him. They might have some information. They're friends. I bet we could get him to talk. But we do need to tell Raymond eventually. Well, so if we're just going up to the bar and that's not very far away, I um, think you can come with us. Sure. Give me a... On your passive perception, like as you're talking to Brutus, Gaius does kind of motion that he, he wants to talk to you. Like he's nodding along and agreeing to all this and he kind of like motions to talk to you aside for a moment. I'm like, yeah, yeah, Brutus, uh, I'll be right back with that. I just need to pee and I'll come back real quick. Yeah. 
Um, um, guys, I'll need you to help me open that door. I ain't opening that <laughs> on my own. He's like, yeah, sure. And he gives you a bottle of wine. And as you kind of get out, guys, it's like, sorry, it's nothing against, it's not like I have to keep a secret from him, but he's, he's very naive. They're not friends, I'm presuming. They're work acquaintances. But he's friends with everybody. And he kind of like looks at you a little bit knowingly and trusts a little easily. I, I'm not sure that's the best idea. Personally, I, I'm a little lost. I, I really, I don't want to be in command of this. But he's right. If if we want to see Raymond, then you're just gonna have to tell me what I, what we need to find out. Because they're probably not gonna let you in. They saw like they had a kid who saw the whole thing. Between you and me as well, I'm not sure how much I trust Raymond either. You think he'd fuck us over? I don't know. I mean, we did his job for him. He barely talked to us for the longest time. We fed information, and suddenly this thing came through, and I don't know. I I feel like he's covering his tracks. It could be. Then again, it could have been Hermosa that was covering her tracks. Doesn't feel like Hermosa, though. They're all involved, and I, I don't... Well, why us? What have we done? And I mean, I, it's either some third player, like, I don't know, if there's some Valuan secret society or something, or or it's one of these two. They're the only ones who know about us. If they don't want their involvement known, then then they'd get rid of us to make sure we can't tell what we know, what we did. All right, question. Guys, just assuming, just assuming they were after him, it makes sense that it's Raymond. Because he's the only way you can contact Raymond at all. Without him, we're, like, you know, not talking to anyone. So, in that way, it makes sense. How about this? You and Brutus lay low for the night. I'm gonna, I'll come join you guys. I'm not gonna be out for too long. Let me just see, let me just take a quick walk, see what I can do, and come back. I won't go into Mad Hermosa or Mama Wata's at all. Okay. Do you want me to put out the message to if you Raymond? Th- if you think it's... Well, it'll take time to get him to respond to us instead of a meeting. So if you want to do that, then I can get those wheels moving now. How about we ask to meet him tomorrow night? Okay. I'll, I'll get that message out. I'll have Brutus tell me what to do. And I'll see if we can talk to Mad Hermosa on neutral grounds, because I do not think this is our MO. No, all right. I'll see you tomorrow morning. I'll I'll be back as soon as I can. I'm just going to go for a short walk and see if there's any neutral ground that I can talk to someone on. Okay. Is there anything you want to do wandering around? I want to go to... All right, uh, then I'm just going to walk around to see if there's any neutral ground that's not M- Mad Hermosa's where I can ask for audience with Garcon and Inez. Um, because there should be air, like you know, there should be signs marking areas. Give me a sort, uh, give me a thieves can't and whiz. So Pro- proficiency and whiz. That's a six. Thirteen. There's a way you could request that. Yeah. You might have to go back towards Mama Wada's to request it, and then you know you might be 
refused, you might be accepted. And if so, they would probably propose a neutral ground to do so. But I mean, it would involve going back and making this sort of request. There's not really like a public notice board where you can say, hey, Matt Hermosa, can you meet me? You know? All right. Yeah, I, um, I'm i going to be extra careful, keep all my tricks up my sleeves, but I'm going to go and try to talk to these people. Okay. As you're walking, give me an insight. 20, not Matt. On a 20, as you're walking, some of the things that he had been saying stand out a little to you. Like, he seemed, the way he put it, there's something that he considers worth killing Brutus and himself and, you know, this cell. It's worth killing them to hide. And that would, you know, give an M.O. either to Mad Hermosa or to Raymond Coombs and the Halflings, because both of them know about this and will want to cover their tracks by getting rid of this middleman, which is him and Brutus. So basically what you're saying is they did a job. But now that makes them... Yeah, I mean, so in tracking down a murder or attempted murder, one of the first things that Holmes would look for is the reason. Why would they be a target? And it seems like Gaius knows, or at least he has a, a theory of why they would be targeted by these two groups. Go head back. Do you want... You can go set up that. Meeting. I'll set up the meeting and head back. Okay, give me a uh, give me a thieves can't charisma. Charisma. Yeah, you're, this is still kind of persuade, but I'll let you take you know proficiency with it since you're a thief or you know speak thievy. Twelve. Okay, so instead of going in and blending into the crowd, you do the whole hoods up, and sure enough, the bartender kind of in thieves can't asks what you're looking for. And you kind of tell them you're looking for these specific two you'd like to meet at a neutral site. And he just kind of nods and no promises, but he just kind of simply says, like, be back in an hour. I'll have an answer for you. Sounds good. And um, leaving, I want to be as, like, you know, crisscross and flying up with my route as possible in that they're not like, you know, A, I'm going to be make sure if I'm being followed or not. And B, I'm going to make sure I'm going to lose any tail even if I don't see them. Sure, give me a sneak. Nat. Okay. You are hidden. You're pretty sure that nobody could track you. You can give me a perception to see if anybody is trying. 16. You don't think so. There's, while she is unpredictable, there is some honor among thieves in this sort of like neutral system. You know, it's betrayed sometimes, but infrequently enough that. It would be a little inappropriate to send a tail after you. Not totally, but even if you don't think anybody was, and if they were, you don't think they saw you. Yeah. I go down there and I go to the root cellar and I like, you know, I wait for guys to come out rather than you know go in there. Mm-hmm. And when he comes out, I'm like, I need to talk to you a second. What's up? Guys, I know you have no reason to trust me, right? Like, let's just put it out there. I'm as expendable. I'm the most expendable in this group right now. But I have a meeting in one hour with potentially Garcon and Inez. And it'd be really great if I went in there with as much information as possible. 
So this job that you did, would would both Inez and Garcon know about this job that you did for Raymond? We worked through them. Yeah, we were, we were intermediaries, kind of connecting sides. I know you don't want to, but if you give me more information, I might be able to do more, a bit more. I don't. I I feel like I'm walking into a death trap right now, and I'm I'm putting my neck out because they fucking can't do that to Brutus. Kind of nods and hesitantly, we for the halflings using their money fenced some things. We bought some things through Mad Hermosa, who smuggled them in. It was a uh, beads of force and a staff. I try to like, and um, my face is very un uh, like, you know, it doesn't tell anyone of my internal screaming. Yes, <laughs> my internal screaming is very well hidden, and I'm like, I think we're gonna call it there. Uh, no, <laughs> that, that, no, that's no, a, that's a no. very long recording. It's almost ten. Thank you very, very much for coming back. We enjoyed playing, even if she doesn't enjoy ending. We hope to have you back again. You can follow us at D on Twitter. Um, and you can go to your, wherever you listen to podcasts. Currently, we're hosted on... We have our own RSS, but we're hosted on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. And if you can go there and leave us a question, comment, concern, review, anything like that, that'd be super helpful. Hopefully you know that, because that's where you're following us. But otherwise, you can also email us, marydd at gmail.com. That's enough contacts for now. Thank you again. Good night. Good night. You are the worst. Did I mention you're the worst boyfriend in the universe? Like, in the whole universe. Fortunately, I've leveled up to husband, so...